Welcome to Do I Still Love It, the show that takes a nostalgic look back at stuff from our childhood and re-examines whether we had good taste or were simply mindless children who would consume anything. I'm Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. And uh, every week, along with a guest, we explore something from their childhood, such as a film, TV show, a genre of music, or, you know, whatever, to determine, do I still love it? So, uh, speaking of guests, tonight our guest is Andre Patrick Vigil Romero. Do you want to go by the full? <laughs> no, we can He's got a big, <laughs> long-ass name. Like, Patrick and I are Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Andre and I... Andre and I know each other uh, from Second City. He's uh, one of my uh, Second City cohorts. And uh, I feel like every time we did a curtain call, you gave a different combination of your 17-part name. Yeah, pretty much. Because my name is a combination of, you know, grandpa's name, mom's last name, dad's last name, and then the grandpa's last name. And they just hodgepodge because they couldn't decide what they wanted to call me, basically. So they just so. called you everything. They just called me everything. And it was... Uh, where I'm at now, which is Andre Russell Patrick Vigil Romero. There we go. Quite verbose. Right. That's Quite amazing. Verbose. Yes. And but I think sometimes you just you went by Andre acronym. Vigil, yeah. like Andre Vigil, Andre Vigil Romero, or AVR, just to keep it simple. There we go. AVR. Totally good with it all. Uh, great. Um, and uh, the show, the uh... our topic this evening <laughs> is Labyrinth. Yeah, the 1986 we... Jim Henson classic. Filled with puppets cult and classic. Yeah, cult classic. Oh yeah, we learned that uh, Labyrinth like flopped in a big way yeah. when it was in theaters. It debuted at number eight and then just went down from there. Oh lord! And it had David Bowie in it, and this is at the time when like Ho- Bowie was like hot shit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and like even he like I guess people thought this is some sort of cash grab or something. <laughs> um, that's surprising though, but I feel like a lot of the movies that are just horrible that did terrible at the box office end up being cult classics like Clue and yeah. those kind of movies. Yeah, totally. There's Clue. some sort of that, oh, I love we'll Clue. have to do Clue. Flames <laughs> on the side of my face. <laughs> um, we'll have to have you back for the Clue. Episode, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so a little bit about uh, like I said is it was 1986. This came after the Dark Crystal. Oftentimes, uh, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal are kind of lumped in together because they were. The the two darker, but I would say, at least in my memory, more interesting Jim Henson projects. And they were both they were both a collaboration with the same person. Correct, correct. And so like a lot of your heavy hitters of Muppetry, like Frank Oz and Jim Henson, are uh, they're both lending their talents and their uh, artistry to it. And uh, so yeah, so let's just get with some general impressions. We'll start with our guest Andre, like. Uh, what really, when you think back on your childhood and and experiencing Labyrinth, are there like, what stands out to you? Like, are there any feelings or scenes that you remember? Totally. And so for me, I just learned that Jim Henson made this movie. So that literally blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> These the are Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, yeah. There are Muppets, which actually makes more sense now when I, I think about it, because I just thought they were scary little monsters. Um, I think for me, watching Labyrinth for the first time, it was a terrifying experience. Uh, these gremlins, the goblins, excuse me, the goblins were horrifying and they spanked babies and there was mazes and doors um, and David Bowie and I didn't know if he was a girl or a guy and I was like, why am I attracted to him? Is that okay? <laughs> and then his, uh, you know. Made you ask a lot of questions A lot about of questions about my sexuality and. <laughs> as, that, as, a that, wee, as a wee like six year old <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's going on here in my pants? And. <laughs> So for me, uh, oh, and that cod piece, that cod piece. Right, so was, we're like, what's going on in I his I didn't pants? know what that, was, what that was, and if he was aroused the entire movie, or it was just a lot of questions going on. But uh, I really did enjoy the movie, and it really stood with me through 
through the ages, and then when he passed recently, it was kind of like, oh my god, Labyrinth, even though that should not be the work sure. of art that he should be credited to as his main thing that I remember it for, but uh, that is kind of what that is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, everybody attaches to everyone differently. Totally. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, Laura? Is there any some standout feelings or scenes that you can recall? I thought this movie was really weird when I watched it, which I'm actually annoyed with as an adult because I think I would... I- personally think I'm cooler and I was a cooler kid that I should have been more on board. But what I will say... So weird as in off-putting. More as I was confused. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm like annoyed that I was confused. <laughs> now, now I have not seen this movie since I was like 12. So okay. I, I don't know. But um, I literally only remember one thing and that was slap that baby, make him pee. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only specific thing from this movie I remember. The, so this afternoon, before you got here, Laura just randomly shouted that <laughs> because she was laughing about it to herself. But I was like, I have, I have no recollection. I don't of remember that either at all. until yeah. Um, but I was just like, wow, this movie apparently has that line in it. Yeah. Um, for myself, like I. I think I always hewed a bit more liking the Dark Crystal, but I loved the I like I was definitely kind of a weird little kid who like drew monsters all the time and like I loved the way the wild things are when I was a little kid. So like all these like monster things and like I'm a big nerd. Like I <laughs> loved Dungeons and Dragons and shit. Oh, and yes. so when Labyrinth was around and there were like goblins and shit running around, I I was totally on board. <laughs> and but I do remember thinking the exact same thing. I remember being very confused as to whether why the Goblin King looked like such a pretty lady. Like, like I remember as a kid going, wait, but they keep saying she's a Goblin King and she has a very deep voice. But maybe I was saying she because I too found found the Goblin King attractive. And I was like, well, growing up in Kentucky, obviously if I find this lady attractive, she must be a lady, you know? And and then of course, I think all of us kids were just like, what is up with that giant dick? Like he's running around the whole thing. My 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 memory of this movie is ugly puppets, giant dick in in tights uh or giant balls even i don't even know i don't even know i was just it was just so it was such a lasting impression that 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 whatever that was whether that's meat or beans or whatever that is you know i just i did not know but i was just so fascinated and it really stuck with me yeah you wanted to know i to this day still (laughs) yeah i feel like now i'm kind of like uh, like gearing up right now because i too i don't think i've seen this movie maybe even before i was like right right um so now i'm like gearing up for like i mean we live in the internet age i've seen pictures of him as the goblin king and so i'm kind of like ready to see that in motion (laughs) and and be, try and not be too judgy of how erotic they made David Bowie be for a children's for a children's movie. movie. Yeah, granted, he's a very sexual being, but I mean, I will point out that there are many other movies that we've watched from the '80s in the last few in the last like few episodes, and all you, you, I'm continually surprised at what they got away with in the '80s. Significantly more sexuality yeah. in children's things than we. Yeah, remember. like in the Goonies, there was an entire section where he's speaking in Spanish to the woman, and he's just like, "The coke is over here, and, like, and if you don't do everything right, we'll murder you and take you as our slave." And this is our sex dungeon. This is our sex dungeon. There's all this stuff in the Goonies, like, and we we're like, "What the fuck is yeah, Corey Feldman is saying this never-ending story? Just like the big tit monster women." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I remember. You know, those. like big bodacious. Stuff, that they got away with in the 80s was just amazing. We really 
just snuck in at the very end, r- right before. Right before Tipper Gore and right the, before. the concerned parent yeah. action council that slapped a warning, you know, lyrics on yeah. literally every CD. The overt sexuality that they embedded into these children's films, though, is just so fascinating, I think. Yeah. I'm just like, how did they, like, like, they had to be around a table and they're like, you know what? Let's add a big old penis into this movie. Like, right. What was, like, who who was the person that was, like, the director or the costume designer? Art. Or was it David Bowie that was, like, it we was need to sexualize David this? It was probably David Bowie. It was probably just, like, I feel this. Right. And this is what will happen. I think, this is my vision. Right. I feel like and the first time. And my vision is my massive cock. Yeah. I feel like the first time <laughs> the David Bowie cod piece comes on screen, I feel like we're going to have a big discussion about what we think is going on. Well, I think we should find out. All right. So uh, we're going to jump here now into watching 1986's Labyrinth to discover whether or not we still love it. If you are listening in the recent future after we were dropping this it can be found on amazon prime for three dollars yeah so check it out you can join us tristar pictures announces the collaboration of three extraordinary talents jim henson creator of the muppets and dark crystal oh! here you go with a head like that hmm? george lucas creator of the star wars saga the most innovative forces in modern entertainment, David Bowie. (laughs) Together, they will take you into a dazzling world of fantasy and adventure. There's nothing to be afraid of. A world where anything seems possible and nothing is what it seems. I'm speechless a little bit. <laughs> having watched that now after not having seen it for a while, I was... <sighs> There's just so many things I didn't see when I was younger. I think that's kind of the thing with these child movies, childhood movies. You, you this one in things. particular. This one had a lot there. There was a lot there there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like, my initial thought is, fuck yes, I love Muppets. Like... One of my one of my things that made me really excited uh, when J.J. Abrams took over Star Wars recently is he promised to bring puppets back into Star Wars, and I loved the puppets in Star Wars. I loved Dark Crystal and I loved Labyrinth because I fucking love like puppets. Yeah. Like I think they're so awesome, and the puppets in this movie are so detailed and so cool. I just kept looking at all the art. They're like, they're, they're definitely an asset to this film, and I think that they provide. Uh, a certain level of artistry and humor and I think that it just it makes the experience a lot more fantastical you know uh huh um but you know the elephant in the room David Bowie and his cod piece <laughs> it the ever changing size and shape and whoever was the producer that was in charge of his cod piece 
did not focus on it enough because it changed in it, size and dynamic. And yeah, it's bulging and then sometimes it's svelte and yeah. <laughs> it was confusing and I, you know, it, it his androgynous persona throughout the film, uh, still confusing. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> still slightly aroused from him, but um, it, it adds a layer to the Goblin King of, that does that, makes him a little bit more fascinating and complex, I think. I, I love how he kind of makes me wonder if he's a goblin king or a goblin king. Exactly. Because, like, I would love to see, like, Tig Notaro in drag as the goblin king. Yeah. Like, that would be amazing. I think it would be great to see a remake of it. I yeah. Think. Uh, but definitely have it be an homage to David Bowie. <laughs> Tig um, would be a really funny choice. Yeah. That would be great. I think so. Um, uh, Yeah, it's hard. This, G- give us your initial impression, Laura. I am just as confused and annoyed by this movie as I was as a child. Oh, so I didn't get this in the uh, intro. Not... You found the movie annoying when you were young. Well, I was confused by it when I was a kid, and I had the exact same sensation I had as a child, which I now realize was complete annoyance that they couldn't focus on anything. It was all the things at one time telling me nothing all at one time. Yeah. It, and so yeah, everything was really cool to look at. It was visually stimulating. It was it should have it felt like it could have been so much more. But I'm left at the end being like, I would just watch the thing. Which is a big bummer because there's so much great shit going on. Right. Yeah. But the movie itself just kind of falls flat. It it did make me feel while I was watching it like they wrote about 12 scenes, wrote them on index cards, shuffled them and then laid them out. Yeah. yeah. Because there were certain plot elements that were repeated, not just once or twice to show a pattern, but like four times. Like I, like Hoggle betraying her and then turning right around and rescuing her from his betrayal happens four or five times. Yes. I think like, you counted five in the end. Yeah, yeah, there was five times he betrays her and then immediately saves her from the betrayal. And each time he goes, Hoggle's going to be your friend. Oh, I betrayed my only friend. Which then also speaks to maybe like her relationship with men, maybe that she's dealing with people that are hurting her and then she's befriending them again. I think that's a little of a weird message to send to young girls. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Just blindly trust everyone, no matter what they've done to you. Eventually it'll work out. Hopefully you won't die or get raped. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing also is it felt like this movie felt a little long. Like, yeah. for me. And it was only an hour and 40 minutes. Well, so, hour and 40s long-ish for a kid's movie, yeah? Um, in my opinion, movies from the 80s and 90s are all 90 minutes long. Yeah. And if they are less, they're too short. And if they are over, they're too long. I think that 90 minutes is perfect. So this one's 100 it's about minutes. Ten, no, it was an hour four. Yeah, it was 100 minutes. Sorry. Yes. Um, but yeah, it so felt, I think that ten minutes it felt really more than 10 to, minutes too long. It felt like 30 minutes but too long. But I think what the 10 minutes is, is I feel like they filmed those five scenes where he betrays them, saves them, betrays them. They filmed all five of them with the idea, we'll pick the three that, <laughs> that come out the best. But, yeah. but then all that, of them. But then that note never got to the editor. So if we had cut two of those dump betrayal scenes that were all very repetitive, if you cut two of them, the movie then jumps down to about 90 minutes, maybe 85, 90 minutes. Yeah, and then I absolutely much think, yeah. better pacing without all the... Again with the betrayal and the saving. Yeah. yeah. It's a monotonous thing element of the film, and I think that it causes you to feel a little exhausted because it's kind of the same thing over and over again. And then yeah. it feels long. Because there's films that I've seen that are two hours long, and I finish it, and I'm like, 
it's over now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. didn't feel like that. This one felt like... Because there's always something new happening. Exactly, yeah. exactly. With this one, it's just like, it felt there was a pattern that they caught on to, kept using it, kept using, kept using it, and they're like, okay, well, we need to wrap this up because, you know, it needs to finish. Right. Right. And yeah, it was basically, we needed to have uh, Hoggle betray and save them five times, and then we need to have two finding companion scenes. Exactly. And then they put, they are finding the two companions, and then we'll just shovel them up in whichever order they come up in, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think also the, the, the way that they... <laughs> Uh, just tied it up so quickly of her just having self confidence. Couldn't yeah. you have had self confidence in the beginning, and oh. then that would have solved the entire problem? Leo, like yeah, what if she? Yeah, no, just... it was. And the problem was, it's not even that she didn't have self confidence in the beginning. That wasn't. She did not find in the end what the beginning of the movie made you think she needed. Yes, right. Because Which was compassion yeah. for her brother. Yeah, she didn't find that at all. She found self confidence. <laughs> You're one hundred percent right. She the didn't... movie makes no, no sense. sense. Her hero's journey is to find compassion for her brother, who she really does not deserve any of her ire, but instead she finds self-confidence, which she had in spades. She was telling off her mom and dad to their face. That's true. She had yeah. nothing but self-confidence. And, and yeah. is it more so she's upset about losing her brother, or is she more upset about getting in trouble for oh, losing her brother? in trouble. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's, yeah, by the end, she was not happy she got him back because she loves him. She was happy she got him back because she didn't want to get into shit. Yeah, with her parents. Uh, losing further. a human life is a problem. <laughs> that's a that's one you don't bounce back from. But teenage girl problems, it was about not getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which it's that's fair, and I get that. Um, I mean, that would have been yeah, no, completely. But she's not happy to see her brother. She's basically like, "Cool, we're home now. I'm me, and I have friends, and they're in my imagination. Now let me cuddle with them." It was so weird. Whoa, yeah. It was just like a little party afterwards. Like she's like, "Yay!" And then like the baby's like chilling in the other room. Like and the, you're being loud. Yeah. The baby's sleeping. And like the movie would be so grotesque, and then suddenly so comic reliefy that I had no idea. You mean like when the butt fart swamp? When the was butt all... fart swamp happened. <laughs> Or when those three guys jump out and they're like the samurais and the rocks all knock them over. Yep, yep. And it was just this moment of humor that came out of nowhere with new characters and then they're just instantly gone. <laughs> and I'm just like, I have no idea what... Like, where's the stakes? What you want me to feel right, right. now. Where's the stakes at all? Yeah, there's no stakes. It almost yeah. feels like they were just trying to build a world and by having a yeah. little save... You yeah, know, to totally. betray save moments. It was an opportunity for them to continue to expand the world a little bit more. So this would have been a great like TV show. Horrible movie. Oh, completely. It would have been great because you could have every episode he could betray them and save them. Yeah. Um, kind of like yes, Dora the Explorer and very, Swiper the this Fox. This could very well be an episodic show yeah. where Sir Didymus and Ludo are her constant companions, the yeah. big, dumb, silent relief, and then the tiny, yeah. overconfident silent relief. And the three of them are always on a journey. And at the beginning of every episode, uh, they lose Hoggle for whatever reason, and he gets tempted by the Goblin King into doing some sort of mischief. And then by the end of it, Hoggle feels bad and ends up saving. It them. did feel like six episodes of a TV show. It did. Oh, we yeah. did. We like. <laughs> we did. This is as this a, was a TV mini show. Series. I would have really enjoyed this. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. And and it's just the the characters, if given their own opportunity to really expand and develop further, 
her sidekicks and everything, yeah, they'd have a lot more fun to play with. I think. Yeah. yeah. It would be seeing where Ludo's came from. You can see his family and how he oh, got to where Ludo's he is. Ludo's family would be great. And how yeah. he how he discovered his rock power, like right. all those kind of yeah, weird yeah, things yeah. that you can kind of really see with an episodic. I think series. we have a great idea here. <laughs> well, and like, and I think we're actually not even um, blowing smoke because I think this reminds me there was an animated. Uh, Dorothy and Oz. Yes, TV I remember show. that. I remember that. And and the plot of every episode was her, Scarecrow, Lion, and Tin Man are walking down the yellow brick road, and the witch comes up with some sort of fantastical obstacle, obstacle or army or something for them to have to deal with. And by the end of it, they've dealt it in a very clever and hilarious way, and they're continuing on down the road. There's no goal. <laughs> like I think they're supposed to constantly be trying to get to the wizard and just never getting there. It's like the Wizard of Oz, the abridged, unabridged, uh, uh, unabridged version. Like not <laughs> like that Elfang bomb shit was yeah. like a cliff notes. Right. So I'm going to posit the question. My favorite question: Would you show this to your own children if you had a kid? Mm. Uh, okay. So it depends on how old they are. Um, <laughs> once they turn 18, I think I would definitely show them this. <laughs> Any before, anytime before that, they if would I'm be getting fearful. any sensation that they might be like at all questioning any part of their sexuality, definitely show them this. Yeah, yeah. Yes, really, yes. just pause it. Just to reinforce, you know, you that it's okay sprinkle, to be confused. Br- sprinkle some more questions in there. Right, exactly. right. Because yeah, because totally. I think Jennifer Connelly, she's just nubile enough that just about any young. Like heterosexual <laughs> male or a uh, lesbian leaning female would be like, she's hot. And then any any anybody um, else, yeah, oh, anybody sweet else, child, you're confused. Let me hand you this. Anybody It'll else make you more confused. Has David Bowie? Is it David Bowie? Else. Then it's like, okay, now we're starting to figure out the sexuality of our child. Exactly. You know? And and and. Nah. But I but I think uh, I watched it very young and I was haunted by it. Um, <laughs> I think this actually spurred my love for horror films because it was so scary and I would get nightmares from it but then at a certain point I I got over the whole fear of scary movies because I realized they were movies. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Right, right. But this was the catalyst to my initial interest of horror movies because it just scared the Were you one of those uh, like teenagers that like wore black was always like guys, let's go see the Friday 13th (laughs) Marathon down at the old Townhouse theater. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Except I, it was Nightmare on Elm Street. I love the idea <laughs> of Goth Andre. That's just so. Did you have like a? Did you wear the Goth collar theory. and have the no uh, bracelets just, and stuff? I just wore black on the inside. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. I was I was never part of the goth crowd, but I all of my friends were in the goth crowd. So. Exactly, exactly. Would you ever show this to a child? Of yours? I think I would because I love how rich I feel my imagination is in part because of my love of like this movie and the companion piece dark La- uh dark crystal and i also loved the muppets and like i said i love the the puppets in star wars i feel like my love of puppets really informed my aesthetic aesthetic and i and i think it makes it i like how my where my imagination goes because i was exposed to this as a child so i think i definitely would yeah even even with david bowie's ginormous dick the whole time <laughs> I don't think I would, but I think for selfish reasons that this movie annoyed me and I wouldn't want to sit through it. Yeah, yeah. However, I'll sit through it. I can. Okay, yeah, you can. You can do this movie. Um, Yeah, and it has nothing to do with me disliking any of the topics or anything. It's just like pick a topic. Uh huh. Pick a fucking topic. It's crazy. You know, maybe, but that's where where it's 
best left for children who May- have shorter Ooh. attention spans than us. Maybe you watch, like, you figure out the movie, you split up the parts of where each, you know, situation <laughs> happens, and watch in episodes with them. You have the starting part, end it. Next week we'll watch the next episode. Yes, and so you can actually because think about I I have a feeling and then you talk about it so that you break it up you break up the scary parts so that you'd be like okay so we learned at the end why that wasn't scary you know because those big talking heads they're hilarious once you give them a moment to be funny they are but if you're three years old you're so focused on the scary heads you don't hear the jokes yeah right and it's because this movie was so terrifying and then. So charmingly funny, yep. back and forth, like a ping pong yep. pat, like a ping pong table that looks like, I don't know what to feel. Yes. Well, yeah, like, I think that's the thing, is maybe that kind of repetitive story is less annoying as a child, because we're... I think you have a really good point We're going to start doing some, some TV shows soon, and I have a feeling that we're going to, like, watch a few episodes of G.I. Joe and be like... Every episode, somebody gets kidnapped and they rescue it's them. The same very you know, formulaic. Very well, nice. Like if you ever watch Scooby Doo, it's always the same they thing. find an old haunted whatever, and then the owner feels there's a ghost there, and the ghost is always a groundskeeper that's going to profit. Like it's yep. every single episode. <laughs> it really is. Now you have a really good point that this that this movie might actually be optimized for children's yeah. brains. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't scare easily. Yes. 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 I think that's the thing. It's like if children, and I'm very skittish as far as like if somebody pops up out of a corner, you know, like walking around the corner in broad daylight, I'll be scared. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that just move, this movie just prepared me for that and <laughs> caused my. Made you jumpy. Very jumpy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought there was even somebody here when I walked in the room. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, okay. So then I guess it comes down to our title question uh, Do I still love it, Andre? Uh, Yes, more so now than ever because because I was able to appreciate the artistry, the humor, um, and the scary parts were not as scary as mm-hmm. an adult. So yes, but with that said, um, the part that I had reservations on was the plot, which it's like, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, which- Laura. I do not still love it. For all the reasons you just said, the teeter-totter is just heavy on the other side. Oh. It had so much beautiful art in it. The MC Escher ending, like, what a great climactic moment. But I needed a thread, and I needed to know that they understood what they were trying. <laughs> I needed to know that they had an idea of what they were trying to convey to the audience. And, she and it did, felt she like did they seem were, like she kept forgetting what her... It felt like they were trying to convey all the feelings at once, hoping that everyone maybe felt something. Right. And so, no, I did not still love it. <laughs> um, I will say that I feel kind of mixed. I mean, I still love how fantastical all the Muppets look. That's great. Um, but... I, I was getting very tired watching the movie. After, after I did get really annoyed after the like third time in a row he just betrayed and rescued them. And then I was stunned when it happened again. So yeah, like I, I still love the design. I love the things they, they tried and went for, but this movie needed a more savage editor. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Savage is a very good word for the editor that needed yeah. to be under this movie. I think at least at least two of the vignettes needed to go. Oh, for sure. For this sure. kind of seemed this kind of seemed exactly kind of what you talked about with like George Lucas in the prequels about no one had the balls to tell him no. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like in this in this movie, no one had the balls to tell Jim Henson no. Yeah. And I think that's a problem when you are working on a piece of art. 
and it is something that's going to be shown by you know yeah. shown to millions of people. It was his story. You and need it was like exactly. A lot of you need to have life. that that constructive criticism of your team to really be like, hey, if there are opposing views, you know that's possibly going to make this right. better, yeah, and they have yeah. a different perspective on how people are viewing it. Yeah. yeah, I think we do need to give a little bit of a bow to Bowie. Yeah, who walked into this movie, rest in peace, and just like hung out with two hundred. Muppets and was equally as weird or weirder than every, every Muppet. Muppet. Wow, yes. So true. Like, he as a human created a weirder character sure. than a Jim Henson Muppet. And just with hair products and makeup and, and pizzazz alone. Yeah, and, yeah. And a big and a big old dong da dong dong dong. <laughs> Which got bigger. Every, every time. And I wonder In it the was... end it was just like I, w- I was wondering if this was some like sort of euphemism yeah, exactly. for like, like, uh, foreplay because oh, he's maybe. just slowly getting more engorged over the course of this labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, I would like to really understand what the thought was behind that because it does feel not like a children's movie. Yeah, and I don't even know if it was like the costume designer decided that, or if David Bowie, sl- p- you know, picked his clothes out, or if the right. Jim Henson was like, "I want a big old tonkin piece of meat." I right mean, in your what pants. it really felt like to me, it actually felt. Not at all. Uh, just from a, from a from a costume designer standpoint, I have my minor in costume design. <laughs> from a costume designer standpoint, it felt very much as though the world that they were trying to create was this like alternative, like um, uh, like Renaissance yeah. style. Uh-huh, totally. yeah. Yeah. And codpiece was a huge part of that style in the That's in true. the fifteen. It did feel very medieval. Yeah, yeah, it was extremely medieval. It was extremely theatrically medieval. And um, you know, it, it, it felt like especially with uh what was the the little the little scamp that drove that rode the dog? Oh Sir Didymus. With yeah. Sir Didymus is another great example of this like theatrical medieval yeah he's like that was he's the that was larger than life and the cod piece was used in costuming to be that larger than life male version because with women you would you would cinch up their boobs boobs. and just like really make them huge and with dudes you couldn't quite do that but you you could just make their dick look very pronounced so you just create a cod piece that's our hero he's got a huge fucking wang yeah exactly (laughs) that's what people aspire for and And then our villain will have no wang at all (laughs) I really I really feel as though the costume designer here was so in her head about the concept that she totally forgot this was a children's movie. Right. She's like, I just want to look fabulous. And this was the fucking eighties. Yeah. And we got away with a lot in the eighties. Oh, sure. And so only now is it weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably weird then. It was probably for sure. <laughs> a little bit weird. For sure. For sure. For uh, sure. But yeah, I think this is actually a costume designer that forgot that she was doing a children's was, movie and just got like sucked into the world. I think everybody that was a part of this film forgot that it was a children's, children's movie, movie because everybody. Maybe it wasn't a children's movie. Oh, that's actually an interesting thought. Well, no, I think it's just. I think I think it's kind of <laughs> obvious if you go back and watch some of the even the earliest Muppet Show, everything like. For them, I think Sesame Street was their children's show. And for the Jim Henson Company, all the rest was supposed to be for mixed ages, from like teenagers through adults. So there's a lot of adult humor in the original Muppet Show. There's a lot of adult stuff. So I don't think it was meant to be children's movie necessarily, but I think it was more meant to be like The Avengers, like a movie for the whole family. Universal for everybody. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, Not just like, you know, 
a dedicated show, not movie. just like Frozen. And you gotta, and leave, and that, you gotta leave that big dick for mom, exactly. right? Yeah, you know? so like she has something to like, stare at the entire movie. Oh, Bowie or Dad or Dad. Know, if he did, you know. Thanks for listening. Um, real quick, Andre, is there? Are you doing any comedy stuff coming up, or do you have any other projects? I'm working you'd like actually to plug? on a web series. Um, it's gonna be focused on you know entertainment and gay stuff just kidding no it's just gonna be entertainment focused but entertainment is pretty gay um but uh working on that right now and you know we'll see what happens what will it be the ground. what will it be called maybe they can look out for it um it may be called something with andre that's not the title <laughs> the name will have andre in it all right well we'll link to some of andre's stuff in the uh, show notes yeah. for this and feel free to follow me on snapchat with my ridiculous stories at andre vr1 which he has taken about 18 of oh. tonight yeah <laughs> maybe more possibly more uh I, I i a project that i worked on called crossroads of history made by the history channel is now online check it out i helped uh, I was the imaging technician on it. So, uh, oh, also check out the church's clearest blue music video because I was also the digital imaging technician on that one. Very nice. Uh, all right. So uh, this has been uh, Do I Still Love It? From Marshall James. And Laurel Weiss. Andre Vidramero. Uh, saying uh, we love it. Mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Thank you.